Hey, this is Rob from successunlock.com and welcome to the podcast. This is the show for you to listen to if you want to build a happier, more confident, fulfilled and truly successful life, whatever success means to you. In this episode, I'm chatting to my friend Tim David on the topic of technology and how it could be ruining human interaction and how you can break free from technology in order to create better human connections. This is a topic that I am so, so interested in and so excited to have Tim share this stuff with you. Tim is a passionate author, an author of five books, the most recent of which is The Seven Day Digital Diet. That's what brings him to this podcast here today. He's also a speaker and coaches other people to help them find their message and package themselves as a speaker to get booked and go out and do speaking gigs as well. Super excited. So without further ado, let's start the show. This is Success Unlocked, where we uncover what it really takes to become the happiest, most confident, motivated, and truly fulfilled version of yourself with advice and inspiration to create your own extraordinary life. Whatever success means to you, it's waiting just around the corner. So I'm so interested to find out Tim's approach to this because I have to say I am a self-confessed phone addict. I spend far too much time on my phone and I am conscious of the fact that it does affect human interaction. It does affect my day-to-day interaction with the people around me. Now, before we dive into that conversation, I've got something for free that I would love to give you. See, I'm a big believer that the stories we tell ourselves and the beliefs that we hold about ourselves and the things we can do or can't do and the things we aren't are good at and aren't good at actually have the ability to propel us forward or hold us back from achieving the things that we really want to do. So I've put together a free worksheet, a free exercise to help you identify and replace the sort of limiting self-talk that you've got inside your head. And uh, you can go and grab that completely for free. Just head over to successunlocked.com forward slash resources, and you can go ahead and download that for free. Now, thank you so much for all of the lovely feedback we've been getting on the podcast. If you haven't left a review already and you are enjoying yourself, and you know you are, just pop over to your favourite podcast player, leave me five stars and a few lovely words, and it would I would really appreciate it. It just helps to spread the word and get more people seeing this stuff. So without further ado, Tim David, welcome to the podcast. How's it going, dude? Oh, it's going great, uh, Rob. I really appreciate you having me. And I got to say, uh, you know, to all your listeners who might be wondering, uh, looking at you now, I, I have firm evidence and proof that that is indeed your natural hair color. I mean, because who has been keeping up with their roots over co- uh, quarantine and coronavirus? That clearly has to be uh, has to be your natural hair color. There you go. You no see, question about it. You now have it from the official source that that is the case. So no arguments. That's the end of that. Tim, man, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I'm really excited to get into this conversation because when I heard about the book, when you very first mentioned it, uh, I instantly was instantly interested in what you had to say about about everything. Because like I said, I am somebody who I would say is, is somewhat addicted to my phone. I spend far too much time on it. Now, I also look at somebody like my dad, who's in his late 70s. And my dad comes from an era where the phone just has to make phone calls. And if a phone makes phone calls, then when you're not on the phone to somebody, you don't need to have your phone in your hand. But of course, now we're coming up with more and more generations of people who are born with a phone in their hand, pretty much. What what drove you, first of all, to create this book? What drove you to start doing the research that you did into this whole project? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Uh, You know, it starts with a personal experience. And I, like you, was wondering when did that classic children's song add the line, the cell phone is connected to the hand bone. I I just had that same wondering and the same experience. But I also have, uh, you know, two young daughters and a young son now, but he's five. And it's much more impacting my 13 and 10 year old daughters and seeing 
the, um, you know, the, 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 the interaction with their device and the relationship with their device that, we're, that they're having. So we're entering, I think, as a species and as a society, we're entering sort of this, uh, you know, just past the honeymoon phase with our device. You know, we, we had the cell phone, uh, the smartphone arrive to, to big fanfare with Steve Jobs announcing the first iPhone. And it was a big deal. Everybody was so excited and happy. And, you know, we're dancing in the streets and we're all excited. It, that was sort of that honeymoon period. And it can do some amazing things. And it has wonderful uh, capabilities. And, and technology has certainly added so much to our lives and and to those of you you know who are entrepreneurial and and business focused and oriented it has allowed you to sort of uh be more productive or at least this is the promise it, sh it should make us more productive it should make us be able to be you know more connected with maybe our clients or or our family members and all of these promises as this honeymoon period has sort of uh passed where technology is has been around for a while now we're realizing that it's kind of nagged on some of those promises. It is making us, in many cases, less productive than more productive. We're wasting more time than we're saving. It is making us more disconnected than connected. Now, in many ways, the quantity of human connection has gone up because of these devices. We can connect, you know, right now, especially, you know, across uh, ocean, we're having a conversation in real time and creating a connection that would previously be not impossible, but very difficult and probably prohibitive. So the quantity of connection has gone up. But as you've noticed, Rob, and, you know, if you if you if you talk to the scientists, the people who study this stuff, they'll tell you that the uh, quality of human connection is coming down. So what what is more important than than your time and the human connections that you have in life uh this is certainly you know this device that we have is certainly posing you know a, a bit of a a bit of a threat or at least our relationship is going down a path where those things are threatened so i thought i'm an author i'm a writer that's my platform let's use that to um to help in some way I love it. Now, the book's called The Seven Day Digital Diet. So this is talking about it and the, the concept of taking a seven day period, a week long period to do something. Now, is this going to turn our lives around? Are we going to throw our phones away and just use them for absolute necessity when this is all over? What's the goal here? Well, this, yeah, that's another reason I wrote this book, because many of the books that, that I have read sort of in my own personal journey have started the, you know, it sort of started out as finger wagging. Oh, technology is the devil. Technology is evil. It's turning us all into phone zombies. Well, the truth is it's not really practical to just take a hammer to your phone and throw the pieces into the river and, and go full Amish. That is really, you know, you're going to wake up uh, and everybody else, at least around you, will, uh, will still be using devices. And it's almost impractical now to completely remove that from our lives. In fact, not just almost impractical, it's wildly impractical. And anybody who's tried to sort of go the cold turkey route uh, will realize very quickly that we need to keep the good parts of technology, but yet remove those parts that we don't like so much. And really that's what this book is for. It's for those that want that, that person who, you know, it feels like, like you said, sometimes you feel like you're on your phone too much or you might be wasting time or you might even, you know, you use the word uh, even phone addiction for some people. And yeah, that's what the seven day process is about, is about shaking off some of those, you know, uh, unhealthy uh, components of our relationship with our device, giving it a reboot, giving it a refresh, keeping what's good uh, and, and shaking off some of what's what's not so good. One of the problems we've got, I think, with this is the fact that everything that's on our phone, if you look at the social media platforms and everything about them, everything we've got on our phone 
is putting everything it's got, all of its resources into making us addicted to it. You know, so the social media platforms, they want us to spend as much time on their platforms as possible. If you look at people like Facebook, mm-hmm. it's becoming more and more apparent that they want everything to happen on Facebook, being able to buy things on Facebook. People are going to be sending emails through Facebook very soon. So you can browse the internet through Facebook effectively. And soon you could see a place where you don't need anything else to do everything you want with your life and technology, except for something like Facebook. And of course, all the other platforms follow suit. So how do we start to draw the line between what's good, what's bad, what's healthy, what's normal, what's abnormal? Because of course, if everybody's doing it, it becomes the new normal. How do we start to draw that line between good and bad? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, if if we say, you know, one of the one of the lines in uh, in the book had to do with a, a pandemic, the you know the 1918 pandemic. This was uh, written, uh, you know, before the the coronavirus pandemic, but. You know, the, at the time, it's, you know, hey, everybody's getting sick. Everybody's doing it. So the everybody's doing it um, mentality or, or, or uh, ideology or, or philosophy or whatever, it doesn't necessarily make something normal or healthy or, or what have you. So we have two truths right now that are sort of competing. You know, we've got these, these two um, uh, realities that, that are uh, counterintuitive. You know, they, they're almost kind of going against each other. And one of them is you're absolutely right the smartest minds in the world are designing these products in order to increase their number one metric, which is user engagement. In other words, eyeballs on screen. Uh, Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix says, our our biggest competitor is sleep. We we just want our our eyeballs on screens as as much as possible. So there's a lot of different um, features and functionalities uh, autoplay the next video, you know, the, the, a, as one a simple example, but there's a ton of these things that are designed to pull us in and keep us uh, hooked and, and staring at our screens for as long as possible. And it's working, you know, screen time is continuing to go up. Uh, depending on the study, I've seen it anywhere between an hour and a half a day, which is on the low end, all the way up to close to 12 hours a day, which to me seems unreasonable. Uh, I think the most common consensus is close to seven, seven and a half hours per day staring at a screen, which is uh, almost every waking hour. If we're looking at, you know, the younger, uh, younger generation, when you factor in sleep and school and, and those types of things. So, uh, so that's the first competing truth. We have this, uh, this, this device that is designed specifically to pull us in and addict us. But the other truth is this, and this is really important. It's not the device's fault. It's not the device that is doing this to us. There have been devices that uh, and technologies that have come along throughout history that have had the same sort of complaints. Oh, you know, gosh, t- television is uh, frying kids' brains. And, oh, no, the, the Internet or video games are going to ruin everything. Uh, even Socrates was complaining about books when books came out. He's like, oh, those, those terrible books are going to prevent people from thinking. It's going to ruin everything. <laughs> and so, so you know, we, we, we have to realize at some point, you know, because I see a lot of people saying, like, scrolling is the new smoking, and these devices need warning labels. And, you know, all of these, all of the focus being placed on the device, on the technology, on the software and the apps that uh, th- as though they were doing this to us. Uh, but in, again, in reality, once you realize sort of, uh, you know, what's going on and, and how to sort of sidestep it, 
you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take long. That's why you only need seven days and you don't need a fast. You need a diet, right? You don't need to completely cut things out. You need to reorganize and restructure some of your habits. And uh, so that, that's sort of the, some of the, uh, the, the competing truths that we live in. The devices are new and different and unprecedented to anything in history that has come before it. There are dangers, yes, but at the same time, we still have this, uh, this control and this choice. That makes a lot of sense. You know, if you never put a cigarette in your mouth, you're very unlikely to become addicted to smoking. So, you know, the same thing applies. So let's talk about, you You said some really interesting numbers there in terms of the number of hours people spend on their device. And now I notice I've got an iPhone uh, because I just don't understand Android phones, but I've got an iPhone and I know that I get a, a little notification once a week and it tells me what my screen mm-hmm. time was. Now, if you asked me what my screen time was, I can't remember, but I, whenever I, I see it, I do see it. And it, it's typically up and down. Like this week will be mm-hmm. slightly higher than last week. And then that week would have been slightly lower than the week before. It's very up and down. What do you consider to be a healthy amount of time to spend on a phone for an average person? Yeah, the beauty is not all screen time is created equal. So if we are in, you know, for example, I don't know, a pandemic and we want to, oh, I don't know, stay connected with our loved ones. Well, if my uh, daughter wants to FaceTime with my mother and have some, uh, you know, face to face time with with grandma, that's a very healthy use of a screen. And if they talk for an hour and a half, I'm I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled at that. They're having a connection. They're having a heart to heart conversation. And a screen is in this case better than nothing. It's better than uh, sitting home and not having any social interaction. So that has absolutely saved uh, many people's sanity, the ability to jump on a Zoom call, jump on a FaceTime, jump on a, you know, video call or or even just a, a regular phone call and stay connected and stay um, while staying healthy. Uh, so, so that is again, an example of, 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 healthy screen time. Another example of healthy screen time is your GPS. You're in a, in a car and you're driving six hours across, I don't know, the, the country to an unfamiliar landscape. You want your GPS and it's going to be on and it's going to be on that whole time. And you don't need to be shutting it off and shut and turning it back on just to save screen time. Right. So, you know, the, the numbers of how much screen time uh, is is healthy, how much is unhealthy, has varied, and a lot of experts say a lot of different things. I'm of the opinion that if it is intentional screen time, it's healthy. You need to check your email. It's a scheduled time to check your email. You go in, you check your email, you you respond to the people who need to hear from you. Healthy screen time, scheduled. If it is unintentional screen time, Oops, there I go again, four hours on Netflix. I just, all I meant to do was open up an email and now here I am uh, playing Candy Crush for, for, uh, for three and a half hours or, or whatever uh, unintended screen time. That's where the problems show up. Yeah, I recently downloaded TikTok, uh, and obviously, as an as a never That's ending the one. as a never ending feed of stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's taken the you know like up next on YouTube to a whole new level because you just Indeed. need to see what's next. Even if the video you're watching right now is shit, you still want to see if the next one might just be better. And it and it's not going to take a lot of your time, even if it is shit, because it, <laughs> these are very very short clips you know of uh of uh of, and that's where that's where my kids are spending you know the majority of their unwanted time as well that's that's one of the areas that we're working on uh is is the tiktoks but uh yeah and and i mean gosh there are uh many other components to what devices do other than just the screen time itself you know i i see so many young people equating their value with how many likes they get 
Um, and, and just things like that are, uh, you know, heartbreaking to see. And, um, you know, once again, not, not the device's fault per se. I think we uh, need to, to step in and, and make a choice and do something about it and, you know, maybe, maybe prioritize those, those things that are important. You said some really uh, interesting things. I think like so far the idea, obviously, I, I, so I, I, one thing, one little point for me, I do already have scheduled email checking time and I, I check my emails at a certain time. That's a really great idea. Let's talk about some of the things we can do. What are some of the things we can do, obviously, without giving away, without reading that the book? What can we do mm. to like start and solve this? Yeah, the number one thing that I would say is is crucially important when approaching this type of situation is to identify, you know, what it is that you want to use that time for. So the goal is not to reduce screen time. The goal is not to get off your phone. That's 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 the byproduct. That's the side effect. Um, if once again you can use your device to a positive end, then, then that's fine. But what you have to do is you have to find that thing that you do want to do. You have to find a certain direction, a certain goal, a certain uh, target, a certain target activity. You know, I remember one time I set my target activity of if I'm going to pick up my phone and mindlessly, mindlessly scroll, that's okay. But I have to read at least a page of a book before I do that. I wanted reading to be my target activity. Uh, and then I tracked it. And in that month, I read 11 books because <laughs> we pick up our phones so many times and I didn't just read one page. I'd often read two or three or four because I'd get sucked back into the story. And that was what I wanted. I wanted to increase the amount of reading uh, that I was doing. And I just was able to flip my habit. And instead of the phone habit of pulling out the device, something like 88 times is the average uh, that the people will look at, it, uh, pull out their phone and look at it. Sometimes uh, you pull out your phone and look at it without even knowing why you're doing it or what you're doing it for. You're just, just checking, just checking your brain almost uh, self interrupts. So you might be working hard and they'd be like, hang on, I just gotta, just gotta check my phone. It didn't buzz. It didn't ring. It didn't ding. Uh, but you know, we still have that need to check it. So how can we flip that habit into something more, more productive? So that's, I think the number one tip and the book has a whole series of processes of identifying those things that will meet the need that, you're trying to meet by taking the phone out uh, over and over and over again. So that's I what that. I would say is, is the number one tip is find something to replace it with. I love that. And you know what? What a great opportunity to take one of the goals you've got, one of the things you want to do. So if you are somebody who wants to read more often, there's a great thing. If you're somebody who wants to learn golf, there's a thing. If you're somebody who wants to acquire a new skill or start a business or do anything else, this is a really good opportunity to do it. I think I think that's great. One of the things that you are, of course, surrounded by with this is other people you have to kind of take on this journey with you. So if you live in a house with your husband or wife and kids, now, in order to, for example, if you want to increase the interaction between those people, this is like the this is like a, a new equivalent of making sure that the kids don't watch telly at dinner time because you're going to sit down as a family and talk about what they did today. So you need to take people on this journey with you so that they can get involved. Does that bring its own challenges, and how do we face those? Yeah, absolutely, uh, there is a huge benefit though to doing something like this with a group of people. Could be a family, could be a, a, a work team, it could be a classroom, it could be a church group or a religious organization group, a youth group, doesn't matter. But going through something together, it's almost like when you, when you go to the gym, you can go alone and you might get up early and you might go. But if you have an appointment to meet your friend at the gym at 9 a.m., 
you're much more likely to go. So we, we have this um, help and this benefit of, of going through a process like this as a group. But there again, it also comes with its own challenges of, you know, how do you sort of organize that? How do you get other people involved and on board? And, and obviously, you know, the book has as many ideas and suggestions. That's one of the big themes of the book is doing this with what we call a challenge group. And, um, you know, obviously for me, my, my children and having my children be involved in, in this process is, uh, is hugely important. So like anything else, there's, there's clear communication, there's consistency, uh, all the rules, quote unquote, that, that go into, um, you know, uh, guiding a group of people through, uh, through a change is, uh, is going to be, is going to be beneficial as well. I love this. One final question then before we start to wrap it up, and that is, what's the chance that somebody is likely to relapse into their addiction to technology and forget that they have to read a page of that book before they can go on their phone? Like, And, and how do we start right. to combat that? Once, once we get past the seven days, maybe once we get past 30 days and we've got this healthier relationship, how do we combat those relapses? I think the word relationship is definitely the key, you know, it, just like any relationship that we hope to last more than a week or a month or a year or longer, uh, that does require those, those inputs and those check-ins. So, you know, a new technology might show up, a new app might end up on your phone, Rob, like TikTok, And, you know, you might have to go through and evaluate, uh, is this serving me or am I serving it? Uh, is this something that's pr uh, helping me uh, be more productive or reach a larger audience? Or is this something that is simply just another another time suck? And you start to learn those patterns uh, pretty, pretty quickly. And there are some themes. And like I said, these have been challenges that people have been dealing with throughout history. So, um, so you know, I, I think it's important that, that it is an ongoing thing. The seven days is a, uh, again, sort of a, uh, I don't want to call it like a, it's not a detox. It's not a cleanse. It's not a, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a refresh, uh, like, like a refresh, like a restart, like a reboot. And, uh, and then you develop those habits and then you can apply the same concepts as new devices are invented or new technologies show up or new apps come out. Uh, so, so I think that it is not a one and done, uh, but rather a, a, a very strong beginning. And then it's just maintenance from there on out. This is great. Now, dude, to wrap up this episode, I am going to throw a massive question at you, put you on the spot and ask you this. All right. What is the single best piece of personal development advice that somebody's ever given you that's really helped you on your journey through life? And who was that person? Single best piece of personal development advice. You know, it's tough to say, I think as everyone, you know, we, we hear advice uh, at different times in our lives and different times in our journey. And it just hits us in, in different ways. And I've had, you know, moments. And if I were to just sort of pick one out of the air, uh, I tend to go back to this one. I had a mentor who has, has since passed uh, from, from cancer, but he, um, he was, he was uh, sitting me down and we were going over my goals and, and setting sort of the vision for the year. And one of the things I said, this is early, early on, like when I just gotten you know, married early on in my entrepreneurial career, I wanted to replace my wife's teaching income, which was you know $50,000 or something like that. And I said, I want to make uh, an extra $50,000 this year. And he laughed at me and he said, <laughs> Tim, I know you, I know your skills, I know your uh, mindset, I know your abilities, I know your talents. You could do that in a month. 
why, why take a year to do what you can do in a month? And the, the, the lesson, the takeaway is just simply, you know, expanding your thinking, expanding your thinking to, to what's possible. Cause it completely at the time was, you know, impossible to even conceive of a $50,000 month, let alone extra $50,000 that month to replace, you know, an income. Uh, it has since, you know, it has since happened. Of course, not every month is a $50,000 month. Uh, but you know, a few of those a year, how many do you need really? <laughs> but uh, at the same time, the expanding of thinking is, is I think um, the, the theme of all of those pieces of advice that I've gotten that have really uh, helped, helped me along the way. It's been, it's been a, uh, an, an expansion of, of what's, what's possible. I love it, dude. So cool. Now, if people want to grab the book or they just want to find out more about you or all of the above, tell us where we can go and find you. Yeah, I think uh, probably the best home base for me is goodatpeople.com. Goodatpeople.com will have a link to all the books and as well as, you know, a blog and my speaking site and all those things. It's definitely a good, good home base for me. Fab. We'll put that link in the show notes, folks, which you can find over at successunlock.com forward slash diet, successunlock.com forward slash diet. You'll find all the show notes from this episode and links to Tim's stuff as well. Dude, thank you so much for joining me. This has been awesome. Oh, my pleasure. Appreciate it. How cool was that? This has really inspired me to step forward and really start to assess how I'm using my technology, my, my phone and everything around me, and actually start to achieve some of the stuff I really want to do. But actually, just by freeing up the time that my phone is currently taking would actually allow me to do that. I really like this idea of assessing the relationship that you have with technology and realizing you don't need a divorce, but you might need a bit of marriage guidance counseling. And it sounds like that's exactly what the book is going to give you. Again, all of the show notes and everything from this episode, as well as a link to the book and Tim's website, you'll find at successunlock.com forward slash diet. If you've enjoyed this episode, do take a moment to leave me a lovely review on your favorite podcast player. Five stars and a few nice words would be great. It really helps to spread the word and get more people listening to this podcast. That's it for this week. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast because we're back here every Wednesday with a brand new episode here at Success Unlocked. You've been listening to Success Unlocked. Don't forget to stop by at successunlocked.com for full notes and resources from this and every other episode. Then subscribe so that you don't miss out on anything.